of the Lord tonight. And there's tremendous things that the Lord is trying to do in the spirit tonight, this evening. I feel like there's a call that's trying to go out. Could we just lift our hands and pray right here? I tell you this night, you have been a dry, empty well. This night, I will cause a river to spring up in you. The well of your spirit that has been empty for too long will be full of the flow of my spirit. It will spring up life into other people's lives will spring up life into other people's situations. It will speak life to sickness and disease that are in other people's bodies. If you will hear my voice this night, I will raise you up quickly in such a way that those close to you will wonder what became of you, what's happened to you, what changed. I tell you this night, if you'll trust me, that I'll change everything in your life. Completely trust, completely give everything, all of yourself, and I will do the same thing for you. Reach for me this night, and I will change your world and I will take things that are upside down and make them right side up. Jesus name. Jesus name. Itamasa komoshaba. You can be seated, but keep praying right here. Come on, just keep praying. There's a special flow of the Holy Ghost here tonight. Come on, there's a special flow. Thank you, Pastor Stevenson. There's a flow here right now. I know you're not afraid of this. There's a flow here. talk but just a few minutes tonight hopefully that won't bother you I know it wouldn't bother me if I was you I came something prepared to preach 
about 15 minutes before I got here, this heaviness, heaviness came on me. And I've learned when the prophetic begins to settle down that there probably won't be a good message, anything of that nature in that service. Sometimes it, there may be, but generally not. When the prophetic or the gifts of the Spirit or whatever you want to call it settle down, you have to kind of flow in and operate in that however the will of God is. And even this year the Lord has given me, I think, a different way of nudging me than used to. One man prophesied to me years ago when I was about 20 or whatever. He was deeply used in the gifts of the Spirit. It was kind of funny because he couldn't see very far. But he called me out. Hello, man, back there in the far left, in whatever color suit I had on. He came walking to me, and he said, oh, I know you. I was friends with his sons, but he didn't know who I was at that distance. He said, as of this night, the Lord will show you physically when there are special miracles that are supposed to happen in a service, certain way that you'll feel. And I feel that in this room here tonight. I haven't felt what I'm feeling right now in a long time. But the Lord's indicated to me that there are special miracles that are supposed to happen in this service tonight. I believe in it physically, spiritually, emotionally. I feel like I see more miracles in the emotions in the last few years than just about any other thing. But last night uh, in South Haven, Mississippi, a man stood up to testify. We had prayed for him Tuesday a week ago. Doctors said 99.9% .9 sure you've got cancer in your left lung. He said, I never miss it, but 99.9% .9 sure you've got cancer in your left lung. Now, look, when they began to describe to me the things that he had been dealing with, I'm just telling you, that man had cancer. I know what cancer looks like and sounds like and feels like. He'd been having these lapses in his thinking and weakness in his legs. And this. When you got cancer, it's almost like you got the flu. It just never wants to leave. He was dealing with all of these things, and we prayed for him on Tuesday night. He testified last night. The doctor said, I don't know what it is, but I know what it's not. It's not cancer. Right. Yeah. 99.9% .9 sure. That sounds like a miracle. See, doctors can be 99.9, .9, but that's the best they can do. But Jesus, all he's got to work with is that 0.1%. And he can take 0.1% and turn it into a 100% miracle. Woo! I feel the gift of faith in the room here tonight. My, yeah. I feel the Lord trying to lift us up into another dimension in the spirit. Come on, it's what this good man's been talking about. God's lifting us into something tonight. Hey! Hey!
Kabosha. I feel like there's some people here tonight that while many of us are feeling this lifting, you're, you're feeling miserable because you don't feel that same lift because the Lord's calling you to repentance. And until you repent, you won't feel that lifting effect. You cannot be lifted beyond your willingness to repent. So there are some of us in this room that everything's just kind of odd and off. And how is it you can come in the house of God and everybody's happy except you? You're miserable. And you hear the promises of God and the prophetic going forth. And to you, it's just foolishness because you hadn't repented. But when you repent, things start working out and making sense. And you can be lifted into that next dimension. Some people believe that you can get the Holy Ghost without repentance, but I don't believe that. I believe you can get something. I believe you can speak in some kind of tongue. Even the devil can do that. But I don't believe you can get the real Holy Ghost. And there's only one Holy Ghost. You can't get the real Holy Ghost without repentance. My pastor teaches, he said, anybody you ever see come to the altar without repenting that begins to speak in other tongues will make the worst member of the church every time. Because they're not getting what's real. They're getting a counterfeit. But the real flow of the Spirit starts when we repent. And we lay our will down. And we lay our desires down. I'm talking to somebody tonight this way on purpose, okay? I'm not just saying things. I'm speaking to somebody directly in the Spirit. And the only reason I haven't specifically said who it's to, because I feel like even beyond that, the Lord wants to talk to all of us. There is a dimension in the Spirit or dimensions in the spirit period that you cannot cross over into without repentance you cannot get the holy ghost without repentance and you better not go get baptized until you repent if you get in that water without repenting you haven't done anything yet repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the remissions, how can you remit what hasn't been repented of? You can't. When you repent, you're telling God, here all of it is, I don't want it anymore. He cannot remit what you won't let go of. But whenever you go down in the name after you've repented, you come up out of that water speaking in other tongues, you cross into a dimension that you've never been to before. And then the rest of your life is not meant to be spent living in that same dimension. But you're not meant to pray and sound the same way all of your life. You're not meant to be born of the Spirit and speak in other tongues and stay at that same level of tongues all of your life. But God wants to progress you into deeper things and into greater things. 
And if you were born of the water and of the spirit, and when you got the Holy Ghost and you spoke in tongues, it just sounded like babbling and, and baby talk, you're not meant to stay there all of your life. God wants to take you to the place that you begin to mature in the things of the spirit and you mature in praying in the spirit. That's why when Pastor Stevenson began to speak in other tongues, it sounded like somebody that's been speaking in tongues for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. There was an old connection. There was a deep well that was being drawn from. I don't want to just come up here and, and babble and just play around in the shallow water. I believe tonight that God is not just calling an individual in this church to the deep water. I believe God is calling every man and woman in this room into deeper things. God is calling us into deeper water. I don't want to go through a church service and see one man or one woman get blessed and then me sit back and be a spectator. I want to be blessed. I want to be helped. I want to go deeper. I want to see a miracle happen. I don't want to just see one man or one woman operate in the spirit or just see one person that it seems like miracles flow through them more than anybody else. Lord, I'm making myself available to you. Use me however you want to use me. Speak to me however you want to speak to me. Deal with me however you want to deal with me. Wash out the dryness in my spirit and let me be a well that has a river flowing through it. The Lord talked to me tonight. He spoke to me last night and told me some things to talk to this church about. And I, I went to prayer and I said, I don't really want to do that. I don't know that I like it. And so I wrote it off that Cody was talking. And then the Lord said it again. And the way I know when it's the Lord is he's louder than all the other voices in my mind. He doesn't have to scream, but somehow he's louder. That's how come he could speak to Elijah after an earthquake and a storm blew through and whisper and still be heard because he's louder than everything else. There's more authority in his whisper than the devil when he screams. God has so much power, all he has to do is whisper. Listen, you can get in the spirit and whisper something and have more authority in that whisper than every devil in hell. I heard one man say, you got more authority in your pinky than the devil's got anywhere in hell. The Bible said that the Lord casted out devils with the finger of God. You've got more authority operating in the spirit a little bit than the devil when he's at full force. But I don't want to just operate a little bit. I'm not interested in visiting the deep, vacationing at the shoreline on Sunday night. I want to move on in. There's a calling to some people in this room that it's not hard for you to tap into certain things on Sunday. But come Monday morning and Tuesday, there's a difficulty in you. And the only reason there's a difficulty is you haven't been consistent enough in trying it yet. But if you'll put some consistency with your hunger, 
then God will bring you into the dimensions you visit on Sunday, on Wednesday, and like we've just visited in the last few moments in this service, and you can walk in those levels in the spirit. There is a flow that lives in this church that doesn't want to just live inside this building, but it wants to live inside every man and woman in this room. And God wants to use you and allow the flow to wash out of you into this region. Uh, so tonight, stepped on the platform, I saw these bones scattered out throughout the church. Not just broken things, not just disconnected things, dead, dead things. Things that it doesn't look like there's any hope that God could work a miracle out of those things. But let me remind you, your Bible said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Let me ask you a question. If he could resurrect an entire army in the Old Testament with Ezekiel, what can he do in the New Covenant? They were resurrected physically in the Old Testament. But it shifts from just the physical in this New Covenant. Come on. You were like dead men's bones. He moves into the spirit and he says, I can resurrect it physically and I can resurrect it spiritually because the veil's been torn. The cross has happened. The stone's been rolled away. I resurrected. I am the resurrection and the life. If I can resurrect an army, then after the grave, I can resurrect men that were in the grave until I showed up to their grave. The Bible said after the cross that there was men and women that came up out of the grave. How does that happen? They weren't just resurrected from the dead. Somebody, somebody in the supernatural dug them up out of the grave. God can dig you up out of the grave that you're in. He can resurrect you from the situation that you're in. It's not the will of God that you stay living feeling lifeless, that you're just living life as a dead man. The Lord wants to take your sin and cast it as far as the east is from the west. He wants to take your addiction and deliver you and speak life. Where addiction brought death, the Lord is ready to speak life. Yes, See, bones scattered out throughout this building. Bones to where you feel like there's no hope. But you cannot judge a miracle off of a feeling. You judge miracles based on the word. And the word said there's hope. There's healing. There's restoration. I'm not done yet. There's miracles that want to go forth in this room. I'm telling you in the spirit... I see family members that belong in this church. The Lord said to me tonight, I've come to stir up a revival in households. 
And there are some people that God's going to have to bring some of your family in first so that you'll have faith that he can bring in anybody. You feel that confirmation in the spirit starting to settle down? He said, I'm going to give a revival to this church in the households. I looked at Isaiah 59, and I think it's Joel chapter 2, verse 16. In the book of Joel, it says, let the ministers weep between the porch and the altar. There's got to be a connection from what's at the edge of the church and what's in the center of the church. Somebody's got to get connected between those that are at the edge and those that are in the altar. Let the ministers, the priest, weep between the porch and the altar. And in Isaiah 59, I think it starts at verse 14 and then runs down to about, about verse 16, 17, some, somewhere in there. It begins to talk about the judgment that has fallen in the street. And that there are things that need to be set up right and fixed and mended. The Lord said, I look for somebody to make up the difference. I wondered, man, what must it be going on that God would wonder? In the New Testament, one place, it said he marveled because of their unbelief. How can you make God say, now what's really going on here? What must it be like to be Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the life, and show up and all you can do is heal a few sick folk? Unbelief doesn't necessarily set limits on God. It sets limits on your ability to receive on what God has for you. He's the same level of God if you get your miracle or if you don't. But unbelief restrains you from your ability to receive what he has for you. He said, I would have gathered you in. I would have held you like a mama does her babies. I was getting ready to take you into deep places in my promise. I was looking at you and looking back at the promises of Abraham saying this was it right here. This is when it was supposed to happen. You wouldn't let me hold you. You wouldn't let me work miracles for you. There was unbelief in you. He said, I marveled at their unbelief. I wondered, why is there no intercessor? Where'd their prayer go? Where did the relationship, the connection with me go? What would it have been like for Lot and his family had Abraham slept in when the angels walked by? Somebody's got to get stirred up to let intercession roll from your house into the living room of your family members that have been lost for a long time. I'm going to tell you some things in the spirit you may not agree with. But I'm telling you from God. The Lord spoke to me last night. I'm going to tell you two things you may not like. But it's what the Lord told me. 
And I'm going to tell you in the tone that he told it to me because he spoke it to me in a tone of love. Before I tell you, I'm going to tell you what I saw when I walked in this room. I saw people that there's chaos in your family. There's people that belong to this church. And I saw lights flashing in the house. Some handheld, some on walls, some on whatever you call it, up pedestals. Or and I watched as the sound that was coming from those televisions and cell phones began to enter into our minds. And the Lord spoke to me and said, there are people in this church that have exchanged intercession for entertainment. And their family's not here yet because there's no altar in their house. It's not enough for you to just have an altar in this church. You gotta have an altar in your house. And the Lord spoke to me last night and he said, there's two things holding back the flow within the households in this church. One is television and one is entertainment flowing from cell phones. It doesn't really matter what you want to label which one. The old question they always asked us, if one snake shows up in your house, what would make you invite another one in? So you can't give me excuses on, well, this is just for this. Let me tell you something. Anything that was created for entertainment will not help you be saved. Nothing. It will do nothing for you except entice your flesh. And it will turn you sensual instead of spiritual. And then you'll begin to dress like that, think like that. And paid programming will change how you view things. And instead of receiving prophetic words from this man, you'll be very foc more focused on what the news and the government's saying. But there's revival that wants to break out in some individuals in this church. Listen, to me, this entire church looks separated from the world. So I'm not coming up against this church tonight. I don't know what you do, what you don't do. All I know is what the Lord spoke to me. And I'm telling you, if you really want revival, the Lord told me to come here tonight and ask some of you to throw some things out of your house. He told me, go to them with the right spirit. Go, go to them and condemn them. Go to them and ask them, would you exchange entertainment for intercession? Would you push some things? Come on now. Would you push some things out of your house? I remember in one church that looked as holy as this one in a revival just in the last couple of years, I started preaching the way I'm preaching right now and about 40 televisions were sold that week and revival broke out in that church. I'm not telling you you're watching things you shouldn't be watching. That's not the spirit in how I'm coming to you today. I'm coming to you saying whether it's on your phone, your iPad, your tablet, your television, if you feel more entertained than you do spiritual, it's time to exchange entertainment for intercession because God wants to call you. And he wants you to be able to hear him like Samuel did. My God, 
I feel a boldness settling down on this church. I feel some people uh, that it's, it's resurrected in you. This boldness uh, is coming in your spirit. You're looking and you're saying, that's what's been taking my prayer time. That's what's been taking my Bible reading time. That's what's been taking my intercession away. There's some of you, there's angels that have been walking through your house, but you've been too entertained to know they were there. Anything you cannot part with is an idol. Anything that when it's touched, you get angry is an idol. Addiction is modern idolatry. Anything that you love more than God is an idol. And love is revealed with time. What did you spend the most time focused on with all your mental, spiritual, and emotional energy? I've been in churches. Troubles me. Young people are so eat up with watching videos on their iPad. It looks innocent. Nothing's even wrong with what they're watching. I don't even know who Peppa the Pig is. He might be going to heaven for all I know. But then you give the altar call. And it's not that what they were watching was wrong. It's that it woke up something in them. And it made their flesh stronger than their spirit. And come on to call, they can't pray. They're distracted. They don't know what's going on. They can't tap in. And it's not just a television issue in 2023. When you spend, I, I challenge some people in this house tonight to go to your settings and check your screen time. And then tell me why you can't pray. Just go look it up. Brother Frederick, I was on Facebook for five hours yesterday. But you call a prayer meeting and you start talking about your lost family and you got to check Facebook in between God save Johnny and God save Sally. That tells me who you really pray to. There is a disconnect between some people and the deep flow because you've replaced the flow with entertainment. I'm not telling you you're going to hell, but your man before he gave me the microphone said, lay aside every sin, lay aside every weight. And I said, Lord, that man just opened it up for me in the spirit with a confirmation. I'm telling you tonight, the harvest and the future that is so, it feels like it's sitting on top of us, is waiting on somebody to repent. Maybe I'm not repenting of sins, but I'm repenting of the wrong desires and the wrong focuses and 
things I shouldn't have been distracted with. And I'm just going to clean some stuff out of my life. I'm going to talk to some young people tonight and tell you that it wouldn't hurt you to go on a 30-day social media fast. It wouldn't hurt you, mama, to say, I'm not getting back on Facebook until Johnny prays through the Holy Ghost. It wouldn't hurt you, daddy, to say, I'm not going to keep up with that ball game because my son's going to hell and I got to find a place with God. And while there may be nothing wrong with what I'm looking at, I'm spending more time looking at it than I am reading the word of God and finding ways to witness and going deeper. Let me tell you, LSU's not going to take my revival. Alabama's not going to take my family. Mississippi State is not going to take my harvest from me. But I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to move some things to the side whether there's anything wrong with them or not and we're going to say I got to go deep in the things of God I got to move the weights out of my life I want you to stand right now here's a question you got to ask yourself not is it wrong ask yourself this Will it help me be saved? Because ultimately, I've got to spend my time going deeper in my relationship with God. And if it causes me to struggle when I pray, that's a sign, sir. That's a sign, ma'am. There's a war going on between your idol and God. But here's the deal. You can only read a God knocking down Dagon one time. It's an example of his power, his authority. But in this day and age, he may knock it down every once in a while. And really, it's when preaching goes forth that it does get knocked down. But in day to day, you're the one that's got to knock it down. And you've got to break it to pieces and grind it into powder. There's got to be a transformation. I want you to think about this. In the last number of decades, we've exchanged family Bibles, family devotionals, family prayer for family television. We can watch a ball game for an hour and a half together, but you call your kids in to pray for an hour and a half and you see how good they do. That should reveal to us, this is not helping me. Something's got to change in my life. My children are dealing with depression. My kids are eat up with anxiety. There's miracles that I need to have happen. There's, there's people I've been praying for that I don't feel like I can get a breakthrough in prayer. i got to go look within my house. And this is what the Lord told me. He said, there are intercessors in the church. But where I'm calling this church to is intercession in the home. We have no problem tapping into prayer together as a church. But there's some things, sister, that's holding some of us back. 
from getting a hold of God at home. And listen, victory may start at church. You listen to me when I tell you this tonight. Victory starts at church. But deliverance is decided at home. You might can come in here tonight and get victory. But you'll only be delivered according to what you decide to do in your house. I feel a snake in this room wrapped around some minds. Secret addictions. You don't have to live like that. You say, Brother Frederick, I don't believe that's in this church. I wish it wouldn't. I did a men's conference earlier this year. <clears throat> when I told you we was having people pray through like crazy. And men that shout every service came to the front confessing to private addictions. I watched one of the best members of the church cough up seven devils. Puking stuff out. God has come tonight to clean some things out of some people that are living right beneath your purpose. Not because he's mad at you, but because he loves you so much. He wants to pull you on into your destiny. And this has gotten specific tonight so that you would know God's talking to me. God's talking to me. If some of these things tonight haven't touched you, then I'm just asking you to pray for those that it might have touched. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to reach over to your family if they're standing beside you, and I just want you to pray. If your family's not beside you, maybe some of you can go find your family. I just want you to pray that revival would start in your house, that harvest would start in your house, that breakthrough would start in your house, healing would start in your house. Come on.